episode of What's a Job podcast, a podcast about jobs and what they are. I'm one of your hosts, Faith. And I'm the other, Maria. Maria, I'm just thrilled to be here with you. Um, listen, listeners, we we do this for you guys. Um, Maria and I cannot have all these jobs. And so we're not learning about them just for us. We want this to be helpful for you. So if there's a job you want to learn about, if there's questions that you want answered, please send them to us at uh, what's a job pod on Instagram, or if email is your vibe, you can uh, say as per my last email um, at hi at what's a job pod.com. Um, Maria, talk to me about your day. How's it been? I am, I really hope my manager doesn't listen to this specific episode, <laughs> but this week I have had a dearth of meetings, mm. which has rattled me to my core. Cause I usually have a schedule where I have, you know, sometimes I have like a half hour in between meetings, but most of the day is locked up in meetings. And this week I've had seldom a meeting. So it's been a weird feeling for me. Uh, you know, I felt yeah. insecure of like, Am I, what's going, am I getting, are they <laughs> about to cut my, are they going to cut my, my access to the <laughs> intranet? Um, am I getting like a pink slip somewhere? Um, but I think it's just like a little bit of a slow season, which is actually nice because it's allowing me to really like think about what my goals are for my job um, mm-hmm. in the coming weeks and months. I know you're really good at that. Hashtag uh, Asana, keeping you, <laughs> keeping you goal oriented. <laughs> what about you? How's your week? Um, my week has been good. I, I feel like I'm the most toxic kind of responder to that question because I always, I answer as it relates to my productivity, like how I discern my productivity for the day, like, like, Oh, it's been a productive day or, Oh, I didn't get anything done. But truly I feel just so much more Zen when I'm able to actually do the things that I set out to do. I get, I have this whole thing where I feel like I'm losing years of my life to social media and just like staring out the window and general distractions And today was such a freaking good day. And I think it's because I had three location changes. Like I started the day at Frothy Monkey with my sweet, sweet elderly friend, Dorinda, um, who I met at at Frothy Monkey. Dorinda Medley from Real Housewives of New York? No, maybe. I don't know. I don't watch Real Housewives, Um, but she was delightful. (gasps) We like run into each other at Frothy all the time, but I started there did like all my deep thought work, my writing, my website work. Um, and then I worked in my home office for a little while doing some other stuff. I edited an episode. I took a really hard spin class. I'm just feeling like pretty freaking good. So, well, our listeners can't see, but you do have a beautiful like um, glow in your face. <laughs> There's so. a lamp right in front of me, but thank you. <laughs> I'm covered it's in also sweat. Been, it's 95 degrees here in Nashville already, Ugh. so we're all getting crispy and burnt outside. But I love that for you. Um, you. To your point, though, like we are products of millennial grind culture, so mm-hmm. it's hard for us ladies, I think ladies in particular, to step away from that productivity mindset, but I'm with you. I am I feel much better when the to-do list is getting cro- crossed off. Um, I like 
you sound like you hit some flow today, which mm-hmm. is really awesome. Flow state. That's what it's all about, baby. And like, let's not undervalue the location change. I know we all love working remote and working from home and not commuting and wearing our sweatpants still, but sometimes you got to just like work from somewhere else. Yeah. And put some freaking jeans on. Like even when I got home, I kept my jeans on. I took my bra off, but I kept my jeans on and there's just something about, (laughs) there's like some kind of like tactical signal. I feel like when my lower extremities are being cut off by a waistband, that makes me feel like I need to focus. I don't know. That is, um, I'm really glad you brought up clothing and how it makes you feel because our guest this week is a expert. (laughs) Is an expert in uh, helping people feel the way they want to feel in their clothes and also helping people curate a message brand persona with the clothing that they wear. I can't even believe I have some friends who do this, but I don't think I was ready to meet this person here mm. in Nashville. I'm I'm true. I didn't think that they existed in sort of like a medium sized city, despite that Nashville is, you know, very stylish in its mm. own ways. Yeah. So this is our friend, Josh. We won't we won't uh, bait you guys any longer. Josh Owen, he's a personal stylist here in Nashville. Um, he is insanely talented. Uh, I had headshots taken maybe a month or two ago and I was talking to the photographer about how I wish I had my friend Josh style me because I didn't even think about what I was wearing before I left. And she was like, do you mean Josh Owen? He's, he, she's like, I've been trying to work with him for years. He's fantastic at what he does. He's styled the likes of Nicole Kidman, we can stop. Like, what else do you need besides Nicole? Yeah. My mother, Lucy Benson, he styled her. Um, yeah, he's um, been featured in Vogue magazine. It's like he's no joke. Um, and um, Josh is also just extremely thoughtful and creative. Mm-hmm. And he puts a fine touch pretty much on everything. He has like the, the Midas touch, like everything he touches turns to gold. Um, which is scary for me because as you know, Faith, and maybe some of my friends know, I'm highly allergic to, to real gold, but, um, (laughs) TMI, TMI. Fans, please don't send Maria gold. (laughs) Yes, please. Holy cash. Just Venmo me, please. (laughs) Holy cash. Um, but yeah, he is really just his home, his events. He does so much. Um, to bring people together and make people feel special mm. um, in whatever it is they're doing. And it's really uh, a gift. Um, can you guys help me really quick? I have a jingle stuck in my head and I cannot for the life of me remember what it is for. This is actually okay. one of my favorite things to do. All right. It goes, so, yes. Do, do, do. Wait, hold on. And in the background, it's like, wow. I'm really not good at this game. I'm not like a, I'm not a jingle Shazam, you know? I think my problem is I can't get it from my brain into my mouth because I'm not a singer. Motherfucker. I feel so trapped. I feel like this must be what it feels like to be like, like cognizant, but in a coma. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is dark. This is dark. Yeah, this is taking uh, a turn. Oh What's my that? god. All right. Well, look. Um we don't have the jingle which adorns the advertisement, but we do Unfortunately. have the wardrobe stylist that adorns many bodies with great outfits here. So wow. Josh, welcome to Josh. Wow. Podcast. Welcome. That's a good intro. <laughs> We're so, so happy, happy to have to be you. Here. Well, I'm so we, happy to be here. You are a little bit of a unicorn for season one but also just for our lives because um peasants like i mean i don't want to speak for faith but peasants like me do not get access to um celebrity wardrobe stylists so we're so happy to have you it is absolutely my pleasure um you want to give us um the way we start is tell us your name and your your title and we'll go from there Yes, my name is Josh Owen, and I am a wardrobe stylist here in Nashville, Tennessee. What does a wardrobe stylist do? What doesn't a wardrobe stylist do? Uh, (laughs) Let's um, unpack that. So, I mean, really, at the end of the day, if you see anybody from, like, a red carpet or an advertisement, uh, movies, films, um, literally the gambit uh, from the red carpet, Anytime you see anybody wearing anything, nine times out of 10, they had somebody pull that for them. Um, and so that, that's what I do. Pull, <laughs> I, pull what? Pull the look? Yeah. So we pretty much will meet and talk through what they're wanting or what they're like in, aspiring to achieve. And then I am the one who pretty much facilitates that for them. All right. So... Okay, so, you know, I I want to differentiate for people kind of the variation of this category. So um, a wardrobe stylist to me is very different from a personal shopper, a retail associate, and um, an influencer who has a blog for shopping. So kind of- Very much so. So, you know- And it's also beyond just the things that we're wearing, right? You're almost kind of like helping someone. You're curating the vibe. Yes. Let's talk about about that. Like what, um, what differentiates you from just being someone who's, or what differentiates a wardrobe stylist from someone who's just like good at picking out clothes? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it's very similar to, this is going to make me sound so pretentious, but it's very similar to like a fine artist mm. where there is an innate ability to see different body types, different, you know, whether that's shapes, sizes, tall, like short, um, if they're, you know, plus size or curvy, um, even like skin tones. Like it's you, you have this ability to kind of see the project which is for me it's like an artist um and you're able to just figure out what works best for that specific person and so i think that the difference is you really have to to have this natural ability to see what what fits best what works best what what makes people their their best selves 
Um, and that could be like the right color, the right fit, um, pushing somebody into something that they may not be comfortable in mm. uh, initially, but once they put it on, it's kind of like they have this like armor. So it's, it really, the, I think the main difference is a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times when it comes to personal shoppers or um, especially people that are influencers, a lot of times the influencers are dressing themselves and they're not dressing others. Um, and with retail, it's a little bit more of a closed box because you're really just using the items that are in that store. Mm. And so for me, it's the gambit. It literally is infinite from every, everywhere from showrooms to online shopping, in-person shopping. You have to figure out like for each individual and specific projects, what works best for that specific person and their body type. Yeah. Josh, it's interesting that you, you categorize it as an artist. I think that's completely true. Like we were just, I was just trying to explain to you guys this jingle that stuck in my head. And because I am not a vocalist, I cannot take the jingle from my head and put it out into the world because I don't have that artistic skill. And so the skill, the skill that you use in your job every day is like the ability to take in some, not just somebody's body, but also the, the vibe and the brand that needs to Mm -hmm. be curated. And you're essentially like spinning this out of thin air and creating, like you're creating art. Um, I think we're making a leap here too, because we know you Josh, but I think I want to dig into this explicitly. True or false. If somebody feels called to be a wardrobe stylist, they probably are not going to find a job opening for a salary, a salaried wardrobe stylist at a business. In order to do this job, they need to be an independent contractor and essentially put out a shingle of their own. Is that true? I would say that is 99.9 to infinity percent true. <laughs> Sweet. Let's, I mean, I want to get into that because essentially like you are a business owner, right? You're, you're a freelancer, you work contract on a contract basis, but like you have built a brand around the business of your wardrobe styling. You get clients on your own, you invoice those clients, you're responsible for filling your pipeline with work. Like how, how did you get started with that? And and what does that look like for you now? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do get started in those kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. They do get started in, you know, influencer or a blog or some sort of like connection to the fashion world. They do get started that way. Typically I was, when I was younger, I was a model and a, a buddy of mine who was a photographer was like, Hey, I have this shoot that has a little bit of money for, for wardrobe, would you want to do this? And I was like an 18 year old kid, like not knowing what I wanted to do. And I was like, sure, I'll try it. And I like had like $300 to go to H and M and Zara. And I (laughs) did, but it was one of those things where like the second that I stepped on set, everything just like clicked into place. Like it, it, you, you naturally again, find this groove. And I think, yeah, it's one of those things where you, you start, in some kind of strange way um, you're invited into this world and you kind of pave your own path to, you know, your, your aesthetic, what you're known for um, whether it's, you know, are you a bohemian type, you know, hippie type of stylist? Are you like a seventies? Are you 
very chic and like high fashion are you you know there's there's so many different mm. avenues you can go down but for me I started out that way and started out small like I I took small jobs and and with small budgets and continued to kind of grow that and and build upon that where you know you you have to build a portfolio because that's what people are going to ask for first it's like mm. well let me see your work um because you can you can say oh i've done this and i've done that and i've worked with this person but if you don't have the tangible images to show someone then they will they really can't believe you but i mean and that's the biggest thing when i'm i i meet with young stylists or st- people who want to be stylists that's the thing i tell them first i'm like you have to build a portfolio what does that mean that means reaching out to your friends that are photographers and and do free shoots you know mm. it's it's one of those things where you have to kind of have those tangible things to show bigger clients that you can do the job so you brought up like taking small jobs and getting jobs, free jobs, like kind of hustling to build out this portfolio that's going to represent your brand as a stylist. But I'm assuming, and maybe I'm wrong, there's probably no like LinkedIn for wardrobe styling jobs. How do you you find the jobs? So again, there there also is, I mean, I don't want to go down a, a, a rabbit hole, but there is two different worlds. You can there. So when I say there's not salary jobs for stylists, there are jobs in fashion for people but for the majority of the time people that are full-time stylists they have worked their way up they catch the eye of usually some sort of agency that represents creatives Mm. Um, and then that kind of takes you a lot of times to the next level Um, and so for me I was independent for about six or seven years before moving to Nashville and I reached out to an agency because I didn't know the market and said hey this is who I am I've been working in this field for a while I'm moving to Nashville I'd love to meet with you and so what's the first thing they asked they asked for my portfolio and that is I mean and my portfolio is full of work that I got paid my full day rate I did for free I did for a friend and so it really is you know it it's a combination you have to work and start really small and that will get you to the next step and you work and you get really hard at that and then you get to the next step and it I think it's one of those things where the path to being a stylist is so different for so many different people I mean you could literally have this conversation with another stylist and their story is completely different there's not there's not a ladder um like in any other job where you're like, you're an associate and then from an associate, you become, you know, a junior and then from a junior become a senior and senior, you become like CMO or whatever. And there's, there's not that A plus B equals C in this position, which is sometimes hard to, to explain to people. Right. There's no like hierarchy you need to keep climbing, but um, what is the like, practical advantage of joining an agency is that the the agency can connect you with clients or is it an agency that handles giving you healthcare and like it's like a more of a membership like you have access to that um what is the benefit 
or like why would a wardrobe and an independent wardrobe stylist aspire to join an agency? So agencies are actually really great for stylists in the sense because they are looking to connect you with as many people possible that can potentially get you jobs. And when you're focused on job right in front of you, they are looking at the jobs coming up mm. and the jobs coming up after that. And so they're trying to fill your calendar with work. And so for me, and again, you, again, you talk to stylists and some people love the agency world. Some people hate it. Um, I love it because I am able to focus fully on the project that's in front of me. But then my agent is focusing on my next project and the project after that and the project after that. And so it takes off my shoulders the stress of the financial burden of like, well, I need to be working on marketing my, fu- my future jobs. Exactly. My future jobs while I'm on my current job. Last time we talked about the agency that you work with, they don't handle any of your billing or invoices. And so you're still doing all of your accounts receivable for your clients. Is that right? So I, I handle all of the billing for the wardrobe kept, Mm. but they handle all of the billing for the actual time worked. So So I will, so I will send them my invoice and they'll couple that with their invoice and then they send that out. So what, another really great thing, especially for freelance stylists, is I work with an agency and they ha- because I funnel everything through them at the end of the year for taxes, I have one to 99 instead That's of amazing. 400. Well, I just while we're on the money topic, Josh, I feel like you have such a good system. I work with freelancers every day and you have the best system of anyone that I've worked with for your personal finances and how you think about paying yourself a consistent amount and being able to plan out your financial calendar, even though you are 1099 and you're working contract gigs. Can you just like super high level walk through how you do that? So the biggest thing is, I mean, and to, to piggyback on what you said earlier, Faith, about in my role, I am a business owner. And that is 1000% true. My everything that I do goes through the business I've created, which is joshowen.co. And I am I look at everything that I do like a business. So when I get a paycheck, regardless of what that is um, and whatever job that is, it immediately I take out 20% taxes and I put that into a tax fund. Then from there, I put the rest of that into my payroll and then. I have accounts that are literally specific for everything. So I have an account for home and utilities. I have a account for all of my like subscriptions. I have an account for um, my personal credit card. I have a, I, I, I create all these different categories that kind of fit together. And I have created a budget from that, that I then enter, I take the payroll amount and enter that into each account. I come from an agency background and I found that I was comfortable with that amount of money. And so that amount of money that I was making there, I kind of, when I went fully freelance, I was like, I'm gonna pay myself X amount. And so when I pay myself that every two weeks, 
I then take that amount and I subsect it into all those accounts. Mm. And that's when, you know, all my automatic accounts are taken out from that specific account. And so it's one of those things where I created a budget when I first started this and I stick to that to go to answer Maria's question. So when I work on one job, there is me and my agent will talk about what the rate of time or my day rate will be. And so for instance, like on a, a one day shoot, we will do two days to pull the clothes and do fittings. Then the day for the shoot itself, and then a half a day for returns. And so that in itself, that will be three and a half days for that shoot specifically. Then on top of that, we negotiate how much we think the clothes will be for whatever project that is. And so then we couple those invoices together and send that out. And then I get paid both of those amounts so I can pay off my credit card with whatever I've purchased. And then I can pay myself with all the stuff I got from my day rate. The piece of that, the system that you just talked about that I find so smart is essentially a slush fund. Like you funnel all of your, your pay, all of your checks into a slush fund and then pay yourself a consistent amount. And I feel like as a contractor, when a, you know, you, you don't know when work is coming. Sometimes you have a really busy season. Sometimes you have a slow season and B you're a person with a life and you're going to be taking vacations as you should. And you just need, you need to be prepared to pay yourself essentially PTO the way a salaried employee would. And I think a slush fund lets you do that. So love that. Well, also to another account I do have is vacation fund. And so I also will put money in that as well. But yeah, so I mean, it's very true though. Like I have a payroll account that after taxes and after I have paid off credit card stuff, it immediately goes into that, Um, which I know we as 1099 employees, uh, especially during the pandemic, Mm. uh, did not have uh, much backing. There was not um, any type of government subsidies set up before the yeah. pandemic. So when it first happened, like they knew no, what, like no one knew what to do. And I had friends that were literally on the phone for like 16 hours a day trying to figure out unemployment. And I luckily, because of how I set up my business and how I pay myself through my business account to my personal account, I actually was able to get both the PPP loans through that. You know, joshowen.co is your brand as a stylist. I mean, are people coming to you to say, I want to be a Josh Owen person? Or are they saying, hey, Josh Owen, I'm my own person. And I know you're really good at putting a look together. So help me put a look together for me. Like, how does it work? Yeah. So, I mean, it first starts off with just a, 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 a in-person or Zoom or FaceTime meeting. And from there, we talk about goals. We talk about, you know, if it's a specific event or if it's just a, an overall wardrobe update, we, we figure out what those goals are. And then from there, um, I talk about, are there any style icons that the person has or influences, um, whether that is a specific like um, generation 
whether that is a specific person. Um, and I take all of that knowledge and then I create a mood board that they will then like review, give me feedback. And then from there, I take like each individual um, goal that they have and I, I put together timelines and I put together like what are the actual things that we can do for you. I consider myself like a style chameleon for my clients. Mm. I don't want to dress everybody like Josh Owen because there's only one Josh Owen. Like if you came to me, Maria, I would say, what is the best, like the best version of Maria that we can, we can get you to, we can elevate you to, because again, it's like, for me, I'm not here to, to change people. Now, again, I have had some friends ask for like, to be queer eyed. They want to like completely change. And, <laughs> and even, even, but even within that, it's like, all right, but we don't want to change you at your core. We just want to elevate you to the best possible version of yourself. That's kind of our, my goal for any of my clients, regardless if it is um, an artist or if it's Faith's mom. And also that's not a, your mom joke. He literally styles my mom. She's one of my favorite clients. That's amazing. Speaking of clients, Josh, here's, here's like a quick and easy question. I want to know what does a typical day on set look like? If you were to give like a quick 30 second rundown and who do you usually work with? What, what are your clients like? Yeah. So, I mean, a set day literally typically starts fairly early in the morning. We prep everything. We get everything into uh, on set. Uh, we usually have had a fitting beforehand, so we know what looks we're bringing. But I also will bring backup looks. From there, we steam everything, make sure everything's pressed and ready to go. We I usually talk with the director or photographer and say, "Hey, like, what's what's our first look? What's our like kind of gambit of the of the day?" What are we looking at? Um, and then from there, I kind of put a strategy together um, and I'll have my assistant pretty much steam everything in, in order, place everything in order, all the accessories in order. And then we pretty much wait for the artist or talent to be done with hair and makeup. We put them in wardrobe. We make sure that everything's fine. We take them to set. They, we do like our last touches. Um, and then we kind of start either the video or the photo shoot. Um, and then I'm pretty much at the monitor the whole day, making sure like everything's straight and, and mm. there's no wrinkles, uh, making sure that they look the best they possibly can. Because again, they're, they're focusing on either the performance or looking good in front of the camera. They're not, they're not tr focused on like, Oh, is my shirt wrinkled when I like bend down like this yeah. or, or whatnot. So but that's a good, I mean, so Josh has not bragged about himself, mm -hmm. um, but he has, his work has been published in Vogue and he has a lot of high profile uh, clients. You kind of pinch yourself, you're like, this is my job where I get mm -hmm. to put clothes on, on people. And <laughs> Josh, I, you just said, sometimes I pinch myself because this job is so cool, which is so true. Like your, your job is probably like top 10 coolest jobs that I've ever heard. And I have a, we have a podcast about jobs. Um, <laughs> so what I really want to know is what had, what was your least sexy job that you have ever had as a person and ever, 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 ever. And what's something that you learned in that job 
that helps you currently in your very sexy pinch me this is crazy job that you have so my worst job was actually my first job and I was a dishwasher for this barbecue place in Texas called (laughs) oh my gosh what was it called I can't remember what it's called but I literally I lasted probably two months because I absolutely hated it um it was just gross and I I couldn't stand it but what I really learned from that was you know you have to work hard for the dollar like regardless Mm. if you are at a barbecue place or you are dressing celebrities for the red carpet and I, I say this to people all the time when I meet with them as well it's like the Josh Owen that you will get on set is the same if I'm getting more than my day rate or if I'm at a test shoot. Because again, it's like your reputation, especially in this industry, is extremely important. That's that's what gets you to the next level. And so for me, regardless of what job I'm on, whether it's free or whether I'm getting paid a lot of money, like I still come ready. And mm-hmm. I think that is one of the things that I learned from that job is like, regardless of what you're doing, you have to work hard because you're never, you're never move forward and up if you're not working hard. Like if you're, if you're going to be lazy about it, or if you're going to, you know, I, I have heard, and I, I, you don't work with other stylists often when you're a stylist. So, but I've heard like some people are like, yeah, I was on set with this person and they didn't look at the monitor. They didn't, they like all the garments were wrinkled and that that for me blows my mind Mm. because it's one of those things where it's like if you're not working hard then why like why are you doing what you're doing right and so I think that was the the one of the biggest things that I learned from that job even though I hated it like it was like my first job outside of like mowing lawns and I was like this is not easy like work is not easy I want to talk about social media Obviously, it's a tool that you can utilize to promote your portfolio or your st- your company. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes even for me, I like wonder if I even have personal taste anymore because I'm so <laughs> overly saturated with images. I do too. Of, yeah, like, you know. Uh, like I see so many, it's like, you know, everyone looks like a Kardashian now. Everyone is like trying to, you know, actually there was a really good um, other podcast. Uh, don't listen to it instead of ours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch um, that dial. <laughs> dial. Yeah, yeah. Don't switch over. Um, uh, apparently Emma Chamberlain was talking about how um, social media, specifically content creation, is a lot of the same now. Like you see a lot of the same purses that influencers are promoting or a lot of the same PR packages. Like, um, and I wonder, Josh, like how do you deal with one staying inspired as a stylist, but also helping or uh, dealing with your clients who want to look like somebody else? Harry Styles is one of the the biggest style icons I get for all of my guys. Typically it's Harry. And I ask, and I always ask one direction, Harry post one direction, Harry or Gucci, Harry. 
And so, but that helps me because I'm like, all right, so you, you're, you're more open to it. And you, you take these little, these little hints from that. You're like, oh, that means you're, you may be more open to looser tops or more flamboyant pieces. Um, and so you take those, you take those little snippets of what they say and, and, and you look at their Instagram, you look at what they like, you look at, you know, who they follow and it helps you kind of form that lens of their style baseline. And then that's, I think that's the differential. Like I use everything regardless of what it is as an influence, not a textbook. Yeah. Maria, are we ready for the self-report? I mean, I could ask him a million more questions, I but know. I'm going to save I've it for like, a drink. <laughs> I've been like ferociously taking notes. This never happens when we're interviewing people. I feel like I'm just like, whatever comes to me, I'll ask. But I was, I may have been too aggressive at the beginning with my questions. I will say this. I am actually a uh, jobs podcast listener. I've listened Let's to every single go. episode. So, so you this know is what the self report is. I do oh know what the self-report is and I'm actually really nervous about it. Oh. <laughs> well, look, I think if we're going to, if we're going to ever have like a part two, there's so much we could talk about, like why Nashville, how do you pick yes. a market? How do you meet, how do you network in the space? I mean, you sound like you probably have to be like a therapist. I mean, I don't know. Oh, that would sure. be very stressful. I would probably cry. Oh, yeah. like, Shopping with my mother. I mean, <laughs> oh. I, mean I, will, I will, I will say this, the, the job itself, I think it, it is one of those, you have to wear so many different hats. All right, Josh, welcome to the self-report. As you know, as an avid listener, we are going to ask you a set of questions. I'm going to ask you to answer um, on a scale of one to 10. One being, um, I do not feel good about this at all. And 10 being like, I am a powerhouse. I'm so good. This is, I'm a, at a hundred. Okay. First Got question, it. which I think you kind of answered already um is how good do you think you are at the job that you're doing compared to others I find myself saying that I would probably be a seven and a half to eight because I feel like I am lucky enough in my field to be doing it full-time which not a lot of people can say it's a it is actually a very small majority of people but also like I think that 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 score kind of gives me the ceiling to be doing more to to be you know I, I think in Nashville you don't get as many opportunities as stylists in LA or New York and so I think you see those stylists and you kind of like you aspire to be that so I think that like that two and a half to two is like kind of like that that like ceiling you got room you know you have more challenges you can take on and oh room for to sure amazing it. um right. josh how well compensated do you feel compared to either other people in your same role or just like the fashion industry as a whole that's, that's a, a little bit of a harder question to answer because it's so dependent on the market mm. um but i find in nashville i am highly highly compensated. I would say I'm in the, the higher end. So I'd say I'm like an eight, eight and a half. Nice. I love that everybody has like their own scale for what's high and low too. Just uh, maybe that's like a right. social experiment we can run. Ooh, I like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, I'm assuming, okay, well, um, how secure do you feel in your job? I mean, you talked a little bit about this before about how you were 
better prepared for the pandemic than some of your peers, which like, let us know if you see something ahead that we should all be preparing for since you had some good (laughs) (laughs) foresight there. But how, um, how secure do you feel in your job? I mean, I would say one of the biggest things for me in my job is building relationships. And I find that I'm really, really good at that. And so with that being said, I really feel like I'm a nine. But the thing that is so scary is that like your artist could get a new manager and they introduce him to somebody else. And so like, it is one of those things where like, you're kind of playing like Russian roulette sometimes. And so, but at the same time, I have to walk around almost being a 10 because if not, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. We haven't even ever talked. No one's ever said that actually on our podcast right. about like, you got to act like a 10. Um, oh, especially even if- in this, in this industry, 100%. For me, you just have to walk around swinging the big dick and just hoping that, that is like- right. <laughs> that is right. Ugh. Guys, as a lawyer, I'm going to say Josh is his own employer, so he is his own HR, so he hasn't offended anybody here, so don't <laughs> worry, you know? <laughs> he I mean, I'm, not walking a, I'm not walking around naked. I mean, but props <laughs> to you if you are. Um, yeah, you Josh, go. last question. I always like to end with this one. How satisfied do you feel in your job and the work that you do every day? To be honest with you, I... 10 is not even enough. I think it's like an 11 because for me, it was one of those things as a kid. Like I, I remember the first time I ever even like loved fashion. I was like in the grocery store aisle. My brother was asking for like a Kit Kat bar and I wanted like a GQ magazine. (laughs) And it was one of those things where I was was just like naturally drawn to this. And it was like this spark that kind of became this inferno. And I was like, I never knew that the things that I was, I did as like a kid and and a teenager were to get me to this point. And like I said, like, if you were to tell younger Josh that this is what he was doing full time, like he would not believe you and be like, no, that that's not possible because it's, it's one of those things where I, I really do every day pinch myself and think the heavens, the whatever's out there that like the stars aligned for me because this is really what I love to do. I love, you know, obviously I think you can, you can break it down and like, you just put clothes on people. But like, for me, I give people the confidence to feel their best selves walking out the door. So I think for me, yeah, it's an 11 plus uh, because every day I get to dress people for like their most special event. For instance, I'm, I'm dressing one of my clients for their Opry debut. And like, that's just such a huge moment for an artist that I'm able to be a part of. And I've been able to do that for a few artists. And every time it's so special because you like, you see like the sparkle in the eye, you see them tear up. And like, for me, it's, it's those moments that are so fulfilling, even down to, you know, I mean, going back to, to mama B it's like (laughs) to be able to like, to help her in her, this next chapter in her life and like get her started like that for me was like one of the most fulfilling days I've had. Josh, so, you're gonna yeah. make me cry. Mama B is my mom. And you really just gave her this pep in her step that she so needed. Well, um, and she deserved it. 
of course. Um, Josh, it has been so magical to hear. I don't even want to call it a job. It's like your art form that you're able to make a living from. Um, I've learned so much. Uh, No, we're really happy to have someone who's turned their passion into a job. um, And you are inspiring and we're so glad to have someone um, who could talk about kind of the fulfillment um, of really kind of hitting their stride. So um, I know a lot of people will enjoy this podcast and um, because they're going to enjoy you so much, where can they find you on the interwebs? How can they learn more about Josh Owen? Um, You can find me on Instagram at joshowen.co. That's also my website as well. I thought it would be, again, my brand background, making sure everything's like right right down the pipeline. Um, Yeah, everything can be pretty much, if you type in joshowen.co into the Google search, you'll find everything you need to know about me. Amazing. Well, we will send people your way. Um, Josh, it's been great. I'm sure I'll see you in a few hours (laughs) to a few days. (laughs) I do. I hope that as well. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye, Bye. ladies.